We're going to be in Titus chapter 3, starting in verse 9. It says here, But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with them. Knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. When I send Artemis or Tychus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Do your best to speed Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing. And let our people learn to devote themselves to good works, so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. All who are with me send greetings to you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Pray with me, please. Lord Jesus, I, I just thank you for the book of Titus. I thank you for this letter, Lord, how, how gospel-centered it is, Lord. How we see that it's the grace of God, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ that, that transforms the people to live a, a life of good works, to live a, a godly life. I pray, Lord, that as we, we kind of summarize the book today, Lord, that that it would stick, Lord, that your spirit would, would take our, our head knowledge and, and turn it into heart knowledge. I pray, Lord, that you would purify people here, right here at, at Redemption West Mesa, zealous, zealous, passionate, excited to do good works, to be your people. Do that in our lives, Lord. Transform us. In, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So, as I was preparing this week for this sermon, I was, I was thinking about how we live in a culture that loves drama. Loves drama, right? Uh, I, even this morning, all right, so I, will, I come out of my room, I'm getting ready to, to come here, and Olivia's watching the Disney Channel out in the living room. And I see two teenage girls, and they're just like standing there with an attitude, and waving their finger, and they're arguing with each other. And, and you never believe it, but there was actually a scoreboard under each of the girls. So when they, when they, you know, took a shot at the other girl, they got a point. And then back and forth, and they were earning points who was winning this argument, right? It was this foolish, teeny bopper uh, show. And I was like, Olivia, what are you watching? Turn this junk off, right? And it was just, I was just like, wow, it was just right there in front of me. I mean, uh, I think our, our TV uh, reflects the culture around us, but it also shapes the culture around us, right? So we see uh, reality TV. It's all about drama. It's, and if there's no drama, they're going to stir up some kind of drama to get you excited to, to watch it, right? And then they leave you at the cliffhanger at the end of the episode so you can see who did what or who said what for, for next week. That's why people love uh, novellas or or, uh, or soap operas. Even in sports, sports are filled with drama, right? They play a game, and then they talk about it for the rest of the week. Who said what, or who did that, or everyone's got their predictions about who's going to win, right? Uh, so sports are just like, man, soap operas, really. That's really what it is. I mean, if you remember them talking about Deflategate, they talked about it for like two years with Tom Brady and and cheating, taking air out of the balls. I mean, sports are man drama. Politics, 
I mean, politics are filled with the drama, right? Who's going to say the next controversial thing? Who, who's going to take a shot at the other politician? Who, right? It's, it's just all over, constant drama, drama, drama. Even in, in our own personal lives, right? We, we can kind of, oh, who said this or who did that? Did you hear about them and gossip? And I mean, it's all about foolish controversies. And, that, and that's what uh, Paul is writing here to, uh, to Titus about here in this, in this end of Titus. And so I want you to see that there's, there's these two themes that run through the book of Titus. Uh, today we're going to kind of do a summary of this book. And, and there's two themes that are highlighted in verses 8 and 9 of chapter 3. The main theme of Titus is in, in verse 3 where where Paul tells Titus, insist on these things, so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. So Joel preached on this last week, and, and the things that he's, he's to insist on, to stress, right, is the gospel. Talk about the gospel. Insist on the gospel so that, right, that, that, uh, those who have believed in God may be careful to do good works, right? Good works is all over the book of Titus, and I'm, I'm going to go through the and show you how much in a little bit. And, and, and it says that these things are excellent and profitable, right? So the, the gospel leads to good works, and they're excellent and profitable. That's one line, the main theme through the book of Titus. The other one is what we read today, right? Avoid foolish controversies genealogies, dissensions, quarrels about the law, and what are they? They're unprofitable and worthless, right? So you see excellent and profitable, unprofitable and worthless. You say insist on the gospel, avoid foolish controversies, the drama, things that distract you from, from the gospel, things that distract you from doing good works. And that's what the, the warning is. That's the warning, right? Don't get caught up in this stuff and then miss out on all that God has for you because the gospel is such amazing good news and it transforms us to live godly lives. So don't get caught up in that mess. That's what he's saying. So the book of Titus is all about how the gospel leads to good works, as I've said. The overview of Titus, I've been saying it week by week. Chapter 1 is about that godliness in the church, right? He's, he's seeking to establish Godly leadership to produce godly disciples, which godly, godliness is, is people who live, right, Christ-like living, uh, good works. That, that's what godliness is. Chapter 2 is about godliness in the home, right, how, how the gospel affects your home life. And, and chapter 3 is about godliness before the world, right, now how the, the gospel shapes how you live as you go out as God's missionaries before the world for God's glory. So let me, let me I want to show you as we go through Titus. Titus 1.1. 1, 1. The, the Titus is all about godliness, good works. Titus 1.1, 1, 1. knowledge of the truth. He talks about the knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness. Right? The, the truth of the gospel leads to godly living and good works. Titus 2.7 says, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, as he's, Paul's telling uh, Titus, right? Titus uh, 2.12 tells us that grace trains us 
to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, right? The grace of God, the gospel trains us to say no to sin and say yes to good works, right? To live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives. It's all about the gospel leading us to, to good works and godly living. Titus 2.14, that we see that, that God is purifying a people, zealous, passionate for good works, right? He's actually saved. We're saved for good works. God may, gives us a new identity, this, this new people, and you're not saved by good works, but you're saved for them. That's what he's saying. Saved, sanctified, to glorify God by doing good in the world. Titus 3.1, be, re- be ready for every good work. Titus 3.8, be careful to devote to good works. Titus 3.14 today, learn to devote to good works. Right? Keep learning. All of life is all for Jesus. That means we, we live to glorify Him, to put Him on display, to be His people before the world. Right? So when the world sees us, they, they get a glimpse of, of what Jesus is like. And these things are excellent and profitable. So if you go through, if you, if you end this series and you don't get that Titus is all about good works, you miss the whole point of Titus. It is all about good works. It's amazing. And in contrast, there's a, 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 there's a warning theme. It's not as prominent, but, it, but it's there here in the book of Titus, right? This warning is, it, it, it starts in Titus uh, 1.16. It says here, speaking about the circumcision group, the, these religious guys, they profess to know God, but they deny Him by their works. They're detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work, right? So here's these religious folks. They're claiming to follow Jesus but really, they're all about good works. Which false good works? Let me, let me make that clear. They den- it says they deny God by their good works. This is the only part of Titus that speaks negatively about good works. And, and it's the, what it, the reason they deny God by their good works is because they are trying to be saved by their good works. Right? So there's this distinction where, where God's people are purified and saved for good works, but the circumcision party is trying to be saved by their good works. And they're denying God by their works, right? Because when they're working for their righteousness, they're saying, Jesus, I don't need your grace. I can do it my way. So religion is a denial of God because it's saying, I can, I can be my own savior, right? And he's warning against these things. He's saying, don't fall Follow these, these foolish leaders and don't follow their, their foolish teachings and controversies. Avoid them. They're unfit for good works. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Right? So they don't have faith. And so they're, they're, even the good that they do doesn't please God. They're not true good works because they're, they're done from a wrong heart, unconverted, outside of faith in God. The righteous deeds are like filthy rags before God. Titus 3.9 again it continues this theme and tells us to avoid these, these foolish arguments, right? These controversies, these, these quarrels, they're unprofitable and worthless. So why should we avoid them, right? 
when we get caught up in this, these, these, foolish, these foolish teachings or following these, these divisive people, they distract us from doing what God has, has called us to do, right? They distract us from, from being the people God has, has tr- uh, saved us to be because we're so caught up in the, in the drama and the division that, that we're, we're looking here instead of how can I be a blessing to the world? How can I love and, and serve people? How can I even love and serve the people that are, that are before me instead of being caught up in all this foolishness? That's what he's saying. Don't get caught up in this mess. So we see here that people shaped by the gospel are ready to, good, to do good works. But people shaped by foolish people and controversies are unfit for good works. That's what, that's, I mean, that's what he's saying in essence there. And then he gets into this section starting in verse 10 about church discipline, right? Uh, from what we see in chapter 1 to chapter 3 is consi- consistent. Paul wants to protect the church from division, false teachers, uh, divisive people, foolish controversies. Paul is about protecting the church making sure that the gospel goes forward, making sure disciples continue to be made and, and, and people living on this, on this island of Crete continue to glorify God. And so he gives some, some, uh, some instruction on what to do when you have a divisive person in the church. And, and this is what we would call church discipline. And it, there's, it, there's other places where it talks about church discipline and in Matthew 18, 15 and 1 Corinthians 5 which are similar ideas here. And, and you don't pay much uh, attention to church discipline until it really, until it happens, until you have to do it. And let me tell you, it's not fun. You know, I, I, I've been, uh, I remember being at East Valley Bible Church, which is Redemption Gilbert, where they had to do church discipline. And, and a lot of churches don't do it, and, but they did it. And, and it, was, it was a difficult season for the church. Right, but they did the right thing, and they and they sought to protect the gospel and protect people. So the warning here, and so in those times, let me just tell you, you're gonna have to trust trust your elders. A lot of times, it's even more divisive because uh, the pastors and elders can't just tell you everything about the person, right? They can't tell you everything he did and just put everything on on display. So you're gonna have to in those times, and and it may come even here in this church, where, where you're gonna have to trust us. And look at our character. Uh, are we divisive people, right? Are we always about drama? And so there'll be kind of come those times. So I just want to prepare us, you know, so if it ever does happen. But here we see that divisive people have to be confronted and called to repentance. It, shows, it tells us that you go to them once and then you go to them twice. And if not, then, then they're supposed to be taken out of church fellowship, right? Kicked out of the church and, and you're not to have anything to do with them. And this is for their own good. This is for, so that they feel the weight of their sin. They feel the consequences of their sin and, and that they may be restored. And it tells us that this person is warped, sinful, and self-condemned. So that's what we're to do. And, and so that's not for all of us. This, is the, this, ver, this verse is not to put us out on like as sniffing dogs trying to sniff out who's doing this or who's doing that. Right? This is to tell us, hey, if this thing does happen, here's how you deal with it. So now 
what are the foolish controversies, right? He talks about controversies, genealogies, dissensions, quarrels about the law. What are these things? Well, in, in the book of Titus, we talked about this, that, that it was the circumcision party who's act, adding to the gospel. They're, they're changing the gospel, right? They're, they're saying that to follow Jesus, you need to become a Jew, get circumcised. They're making all these people jump through all these hoops where the gospel is, no, you're saved by grace through faith in Jesus. And so that was the controversy of their day. And today, you know, we can have a lot of, of controversies. I remember when I was a, a young believer, I was very uh, zealous, excited about things I was learning. And this is in high school. I, I remember uh, our Sunday school teacher introducing us to this guy, uh, Kent Hovind. He's a creation science guy. And I was just excited because finally I had, had answers to some of the questions, things that didn't make sense to me about, about God's creation and, and evolution. I never believed in evolution because I knew there was a God, but, but I didn't have answers to make sense of these things. And so I, uh, Kent Hovind had these VHS, this VHS video series. I used to have all these VHS videos of him, his huge, huge stack. And uh, he, this was a guy that liked to debate. He, w- he would debate other, you know, college professors, and there was a lot of debate. And so I, it kind of made me kind of get into the debate mode. And I remember arguing with my friends and, and family members and even some of my teachers about creation and evolution. I was caught up in all this... Uh, this uh, drama, right? Uh, Kent Hovind, oh, actually, let me show you this. I, I went and I looked in my bookcase, and I found the, the, the study manual that went with the series. I've had this since, like, 1997, right here. <laughs> Ancient artifact, huh? <laughs> but uh, but uh, another thing he was into was, like, the mark of the beast and the, and the end times and and I, was, I mean, I was arguing, I was trying to argue with everyone and convince everyone, and people were getting annoyed with me, didn't want to be around me, and, and what was wrong is I was getting caught up in all these, these side controversies, and I wasn't telling people about the good news of Jesus. I mean, I was caught up in the, the wrong things. So all these times, instead, I could have been sharing my, my testimony, how Jesus had changed my life, but I wanted to talk to them about the the mark of the beast and the chip on your hand and forehead and all this stuff, right? That's what he's saying. Don't do this stuff. That's foolish controversies for today. I think some other foolish controversies that, that can happen, they take place on, on social media, right? With social media, we can tend to want to make a point or, or win an argument or make this statement, right? Which all, a lot of times when you just post these things cause division, Instead of, how can I love and, and, and build people up? So I think social media is one thing that way you have to think about. How do I love people? How do I glorify God? And it's a difficult thing, right? And so seek to not just win arguments, but to, to win people to Jesus. Other things that we can get, have controversy over is open-handed versus close-handed issues. So like when, when you come... Uh, to Redemption Church, we have certain uh, doctrines or topics that we'll, we'll hold open-handedly and some that we hold close-handedly. 
right? Open-handed means these are things that we can discuss, we can talk about, we can disagree on and still be in fellowship and love Jesus and grow in Christ together, right? Open-handed issue, we would say, is our, our views on end times or, or our views on, on the spiritual gifts, right? Many of the, the pastors in, in Redemption Church have, have different views on that, right? Some other ones is uh, young earth versus old earth creation, right? Some people have different views. I remember uh, I used to freak out when I found out other people believed in uh, theistic evolution. But there's, there's open-handed, there's close-handed. We'll be open-handed on, on uh, you know, Calvinism. Although we're a, we're a Reformed church or Calvinist church, we're open-handed, you know. You can be uh, Arminian, right, which is maybe if you don't even know what that is, just ignore it. But you can be Arminian and, and be here. Calvinism, Arminian, there's a lot of open-handed things. But there's, there's some things that we're close-handed with, right? You can't be a leader here. You can't be a pastor here. Uh, you might not e- even be able to be a member here if, if we disagree on these things. You can come here and we'll love you and as long as you're not uh, causing controversy. But, but these are things that we're close-handed issues on. For, for example, our sin, right, and our need for a Savior. The, the Trinity. We're close-handed with the Trinity. Yeah? If you don't believe the Trinity, you're, you're probably not even a Christian. We're close-handed on, on the deity of Christ. Most of the cults and, and false teachers are going are gonna to deny that Christ is Lord, right? We're, we're close-handed on that. We're close-handed on, on the cross, right, that Jesus died on the cross and, and rose again bodily. We're close-handed with that. Salvation by, by grace through faith, we're close-handed. There's no other way but faith in Jesus Christ. And we're close-handed on the authority of the Scripture, right, that Scripture is, is God's uh, infallible, inerrant, inspired Word of God. So we can discuss, we can, but we don't argue and divide over open-handed issues, right? We love each other, agree to disagree, and and there may be some things that that are closed-handed issues that possibly divide us, all right? But we don't argue and cause drama. We're always seeking to love people because there's there's but there's truth out there but i think the number way i think division can happen here especially in a small church is is relational division relational division and 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 gossip and 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 talking behind people's back right the he said she said kind of stuff that's the stuff that can divide us very quickly so what happens when you when you hear the juicy gossip, right? Do your ears perk up? Do you get excited, right? The adrenaline starts pumping. You want to you hear what, what did they do? What did they say? When you eat together, when you hang out, what do you talk about? Do you talk about other people or drama, controversies? When it comes to drama or gossip, we need to be uh, the people that extinguish it. Right, put it out. We want to be water and not gas putting fuel to the fire. We want to stop it. And and I think the point of here is to not be spending our time talking about the drama and the gossip, but but talk about things that really matter, right? The the love, the the kindness of God, the, the grace of Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. Talk about these things. Insist on the gospel. 
So when, when someone, so let, I want to talk about a scenario. Imagine if someone comes to you and they're, they're complaining. They're talking about, man, this person said this. This person said that, man. I can't believe they would say that or, or do this to me. What happens is our, our, our typical response is for us to, to want to sympathize with them, right? We want to sympathize and say, oh, man, poor you. I can't believe that, man. They're, they were being a, a, a jerk, right? I can't believe they would say this or that. So you're, you're sympathizing with them. That's our natural response. And, and when you start sympathizing with the, the drama, you're adding fuel to the fire. And then sometimes we even take it a, a, a bit further and we'll begin to empathize with people. Empathy is when you're like, oh, yeah, man, they did that to me too. I can't believe them. What kind of person are they? Right? Or this person at work does that to me all the time. And, and so it becomes about you and you're adding fuel to the fire. But what we're called to do is, is, is insist on the gospel. Right? The gospel is, is the water right that extinguishes is that, that, that flame. We need to talk about the gospel. The gospel stops the drama, right? So when we, when we go to the gospel, we're reminded as, hey, man, you know, they may or may not have done that. I don't know, but, but what, what does the gospel call us to do? The gospel tells us that we're all sinners, right? We've all fallen short of the, of the glory of God. We've all hurt people. We've all sinned against people. We've violated people. Man, I've been a jerk hundreds of times, thousands of times. Right? The gospel reminds us that we're sinful and flawed. And, and, and that thank God that we have a, a Savior, Jesus Christ, who, who loves us and forgives us. And because he forgives us, now we're, we're called to love others and, and forgive others. Right? So, hey, man, let's not get caught up in the, in the drama, man. If you've got a problem, you, know, you should probably forgive that person. You need to forgive them. Maybe you need to, 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 to go to them and, and confess how you sinned against them. Ask for forgiveness, right? It's all about love. The gospel enables us to, to love difficult people, to forgive difficult people, and, and do away with the, the drama. So, right, instead of sympathizing, instead of empathizing, no, we go to the, the gospel, remind us that we're sinful and flawed. We need a Savior. We're forgiven. You can forgive others, right? It keeps us humble. It keeps us able to to just uh, to be in relationship with, with people. That's the way, I mean, harmony stays in the church because we're all confessing our sins and, and repenting and, and forgiving instead of pointing the finger at each other, right? taking shots at each other behind our back. So, so maybe you have some relational stuff that you need to, to deal with. Maybe you need to forgive someone. Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness. And, and I'd encourage you to, to not... You know, not let the sun go down tonight and deal with it, right? Forgive them before the Lord. Confess your own sin before God. Confess them your own sin. And you don't need to hear anything back from them because you've already forgiven them. That you'll have a much more peaceful and God-glorifying life if you'll, you'll do that. Right? Reconcile relationships. That's what the gospel does. And that's what Hebrews 10.24 says. I love Hebrews 10.24. It says, let us consider how to stir one another up towards love and good works. Right? Instead of sympathizing, instead of empathizing, instead of adding fuel. No, I'm thinking about it. I'm considering. That means I'm, all right, here's the drama. 
I'm right here in, this, in, in the middle of this. This person's telling me this. And I'm considering, how can I spur this person on to, towards love and good works, right? So I'm praying. I'm thinking about, how, does, how do I point them to the gospel? Consider it. Think about it. The Spirit will, will give you words to say in those moments oftentimes if you'll pray and listen. And then spur them on, right? The, this picture of spurs, spurs, would you, you kick a horse with it, you give them a good kick in the behind to get moving, right? You spur them with the good news of the grace of God, the forgiveness towards love and good works. No, man, love, forgive, you know, be a blessing, serve. That's what we want to do as gospel people. And that's what Titus is all about. And, and Paul's reminding us that these things are excellent and profitable, right? Drama is foolish, unprofitable, not worth your time. And he's telling us, don't follow foolish people and their drama, right? Don't follow them. Don't get caught up in it. Instead, he tells us, right, if we, if we think about the book of Titus, instead model good works, right? Are you being an, an example for others to follow, right? When they look at your life, what, what do they see? You need to ask yourself that, right? I want to model good works. I want to train for good works, right? We see that grace trains us to do, to do what God's called us to do. And because and, and, and God's graciously given us his resources. He's graciously given all his resources. He gives us the, the, the grace of God. He gives us the people of God, the word of God, the spirit of God. And those, that grace, those means of grace give us the ability to, to do good works. Are you training are you zealous for good works, right? He's telling us, be passionate. And that's one of the hardest things, like, to, to create passion in your own life. But what I'd encourage you to do is this idea of being zealous for good works is, what are you passionate about already? What is some way that God has gifted you, right? What's the way he's, he's wired you? Maybe you're thinking, like, man, I love doing this. How can I use this to serve others and glorify God? I'd encourage you to do that. A lot of times when we think of, of doing good works for God, we think it's got to be like dreadful and, and backbreaking, and sometimes it is, right? They're hard things that God calls us into. But a lot of the time, and I'd say most of the time, God's calling you to say, hey, who are you? How have I wired you? Use that for God's glory, right? So maybe you're passionate about computers or fixing cars or, or watching children, whatever it is. Use that to glorify God. Right? Do good works with those things. Uh, for example, uh, I love basketball. And over, ever since I've been a Christian, I've used basketball as a way to, to do ministry. Right? I go to LA Fitness. What I, I seek to build relationships with people. I seek to bless people that are there. I'm, I, I listen to people, hear their story. Sometimes I go out and, and take a, some people to lunch. I mean, I've done all these things. I've... I've uh, and I've even been able to share the gospel, share testimonies through basketball, right? So find out what, it is, what is it that you are passionate about and, and do it there. Be ready for good works, it says. And let me just tell you, if you're a Christian, right, if you have the Spirit of God inside of you, you are ready for good works. Start today. What does God want me to do today to, to serve and bless and love others? 
tells us to, to be careful to do good works, which is talking about intentionality, right? I have to be intentional about good works, uh, of going, going into every situation. And what can I do to, to love and serve and bless people, right? I'm intentional. If I'm not intentional, right, we're going to go back to our default mode, which is to be about ourselves. But if I go into every situation, every meeting with every person, I'm like, man, how can I love and serve and be a blessing and glorify God, right? Then you'll be intentional. You'll be careful to do good works. The last one is learn to do good works, right? Learning. These are things that you have to learn, that you have to grow in. And and the primary way that Paul is telling us that we learn to do good works is by doing them, right? You get out. You make mistakes, you try to share the gospel, you, maybe you, don't, you fumble and bumble and you, you're mumbling and stuttering and it's just hard for you, but you get out and you try and, and, and as every, time, every moment of, of faithfulness, every time you try to, to bless someone, you're, you're learning, you're growing, right? you're learning to devote yourself and that's how you primarily learn. But at, at Redemption Church, uh, we want to help you learn to devote yourself to good works. And so we, we, we want to do this by giving you a gift. Uh, we have a, we want you to have, right, this idea of learning to devote to good works is, through script, is all through this book, right? We see here, the, we see the knowledge in Titus 1.1 accords with godliness. We see that it, it tells us that... Uh, And, and we're to learn to do good works. So there's this idea of, of learning about the gospel so that you can do good works. And that's why we have this gift of, of right now media. This is the Netflix of, of Bible studies, basically. Now, this is an app that can go on your phones, tablets. I have an Apple, I have an Apple TV, and it's on my Apple TV. And, uh, and it's basically it's an online library of thousands of video resources that provide practical teaching on all kinds of subjects. From parenting to marriage to Bible studies, apologetics, theology, finances, work, prayer, evangelism, etc. Right? So we, we learn to devote ourselves to good works as we learn what does God want from me? Right? What's the right things to do? And, and that, that's what this is all about. And, it, and so it'll be a great blessing. Uh, it's also got a, some of the world's best teachers and communicators, Matt Chandler, John Piper, Francis Chan, Tim Keller, Dave Ramsey, Eric Mason, and on and on and on. And uh, thousands of hours of, of kids programming. I've had my kids watching uh, some of the, the shows already on there. And uh, there's this one really cool one, the, What's in the Bible. It's basically the Muppets go to Bible college where, where they're teaching theology to children. And it's really cool. And it's just in time for summer, too. As, as kids are going to be home, they're probably going to watch more TV. And at least you can have them learning something good instead of watching the Disney Channel, all these little teenage girls arguing, right? Uh, so so Red, uh, Redemption is giving you all these resources free. Everyone that uh, has their their email, if we have your email in our in our system, this we have this new CCB system, which is on those computers. If, you're, if we have your email, you're going to get an email this week 
uh, with the sign-up instructions so you can get going with this. And so I'd encourage you to use it. Uh, you know, it'll be a huge blessing, and, and we're going to try to use this tool here uh, through everything that we do. Um, so if you don't get the email, what you'll need to do is, I, what I encourage you to, to do is fill out the online info card, and we'll have it. And if you don't get the email, let us know, and uh, we'll, we'll manually enter you in there, and you'll get the email. All right? So you should be getting that in the, this next week. All right? I want to end with Titus 3, 8, and 9. I want to read this and pray as we, as we end this book. Titus 3, I want you to insist on these things so that you, those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. Lord Jesus, I, I pray, Lord, that we would insist on the gospel, that we would grow in the knowledge that accords with godliness, Lord, that we would learn to devote ourselves to good works, that we would talk about the gospel, Lord. I pray that, that your grace would transform us, would change us, Lord, that we wouldn't get caught up in drama, the foolishness that distract us from being the people and doing the work that you've called us to do, Lord. Transform us. Use us for your kingdom and your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.